0: Welcome to Harvest Birth Stories. My name is Sophie Grace, and I will be your host for this podcast. We want to share empowering birth stories all across the United States and beyond, and encourage mothers all around the world to um, feel proud and feel empowered by any story that they may have um, experienced. So do, I will get into the podcast. Thank you. Today, we are going to have Lakin share her birth story about her son, Kyron, who was born at, I believe, 28 weeks. Um, she will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and she is going to talk a little bit about her NICU journey and um, where she is today. So let's all welcome Laken. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, so let's kind of have you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family that you have at home right now.
1: Yeah, so it's just obviously me and my husband. And we have a little dog and we have a little Nikki babe. Mm-hmm. Um he well so I guess a little bit of backstory on D and I. So we got engaged and I was on birth control, so I got off birth control as soon as we got engaged because I um really wanted to have a family right away. So got married. Um Sometime I'd kind of passed by and I was like, one day I'm like, D, i am like I think we should probably like start trying for kids because I didn't really know how long it was going to take or um, I guess just was like, let's just try. Who knows what's going to happen? Right. So that was on a like kind of in the middle of the week and my periods are very like sporadic. So I didn't have like an actual true cycle to go by. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to order, like, ovulation strips just to make sure. So ordered them a Wednesday, got those on a Friday, and so I'm like, okay, well, I'll just start doing it next week. And so kind of Monday came, Tuesday came, I didn't trot, like, didn't look out the ovulation strips or anything, woke up Wednesday, and I had the worst back pain I've ever had in my entire life. I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God, what is happening? So... I was, I went to the chiropractor. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I slept wrong. No big deal. Went to the chiropractor and it did not do anything for me. So I'm like, well, for shits and giggles, I'm going to take a pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. Well, that came back positive, Mm -hmm. which I'm like all around is obviously a very good surprise. That's what we were obviously hoping for. But in the sense of like, were we trying? Not yet, I guess, but not (laughs) preventing it. (laughs) So... That's kind of how that happened. And to say we were very surprised was an understatement. So obviously we just rolled with it and we were very excited. Um, When I went in, I was probably about six weeks. Um, I was given an ultrasound right away. Everything looked great. Um, Pregnancy continued to go very well.
0: Um, Was never sick or anything like that. Yeah, that was my that was my next question was how did your pregnancy go? And I know you can't really talk about like extended pregnancy. So how did your pregnancy go up until obviously birth? And then I kind of if if you're open to it, maybe you could reflect a little bit on how it made you feel that you didn't have like that last trimester of pregnancy if you want to. yeah. So,
1: um, I guess to answer the question for pregnancy um, and how it was up until birth, I felt great. I wasn't sick, um, and obviously, our my water broke and ended up bringing us to the hospital. And um, sorry,
0: I guess what question do you want me to answer first? <laughs> <laughs> answer like. Well, we can, I guess we can do this at the end. We'll, we'll do that question at the end. So your pregnancy went well. I remember you just being like, yeah, I, I feel so bad for you because you were so sick and you were like, just like not sick at all. And I'm like, well, I feel bad for you now because I would have taken my sickness over what you had to deal with. <laughs> um, but after you found out you were pregnant, let's go into a little bit how you chose like your care and your birth team and like who, like, if you were planning for your birth, who you would have had in that room had it went the way you wanted it to? Yeah. So
1: um, I've always doctored with Essentia. So that's kind of where I went first. Um, I had been previously been seen by a, um, a doctor that specialized in abnormal paps because in the past, that's what I had. Um, oh I actually ended up having to go through a leap procedure which put me kind of at a high risk pregnancy to begin with. So they had been tracking me for um that just due to a leap is like it shortens your cervix. So when I got pregnant and when I went in at six weeks, they're like, we're gonna keep checking you for this. If at any time your cervix shortens, you may have to go through a procedure where they go and stitch the cervix just to hold it shut. Um, Throughout my pregnancy, my cervix was measuring what it should have been um and so i guess i wasn't able to see the doctor that i had previously seen for those abnormal paps because she was very um she's a very good doctor and she is has a lot of patients on her schedule so i kind of just was like throw me with whoever you want i don't care just Mm -hmm. as i I was very excited that i was pregnant so i was like i want to get in as soon as i can so whoever you put me with (laughs) put me there (laughs) Um, and so I ended up with a um, male doctor and he was great the whole time um so doctored with him honestly I didn't even get to the point of making a birth plan because that we had a certain appointment for that to like sit and meet with them and we didn't make it there it was actually my next following appointment I mean they they're like go home you know obviously they tell you to kind of think about it and then come back and that's when we would have made the plan but we didn't
0: make it there yeah yeah because it's like 30 or 32 weeks or something like that I think you do that there
1: yeah so I'm a very I don't know my pregnancy was going so good so I didn't honestly put two and two together to be like organized (laughs) so I didn't really have a plan I didn't really do research on who I wanted in the room or who I didn't want in the room or which way I should have gone so I kind of just
0: went with it and obviously (laughs) I had to go with it because it happened so soon right Um, and my next question was um did you do any like birth preparation or like courses or education beforehand, or were you planning on doing anything and just didn't get to it? Yeah.
1: So through essential, they offer all these like new classes for new moms where it was like all virtual, um, signed up for them, but we (laughs) were already in the NICU when they were going on. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) I watched a few here and there when I could, But other than like preparing myself, no, those are probably like the only classes that we went through. And I don't know. It was so, it's kind of hard because you're like, oh, have no idea how to be a parent. But like, you also watch these classes and you're like, what did that teach me? You know?
0: Right. Yeah. Especially when it's like online and not one on one. I feel like it's sometimes hard to like focus on doing it. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: only ones I really wanted to actually do was. Um, the breastfeeding class and the car seat just because I'm like you know I mean obviously I've been around kids but that's just like your own you kind of just want to go through all the safety and make sure that you're doing everything correct and yeah I watched those two in the NICU (laughs) so (laughs) that's pretty much the only preparation that I really did Dee didn't do any of the classes with me um Mm -hmm. And he was, I mean, I think there's one for dads too, like a dad's only one. And no, he didn't do that. So he's like, such a dad, though. he's so confident. I feel like, yeah,
0: yeah. He picked it up very fast. <laughs> okay. Well, let's kind of fast forward and we can go into like your week of how everything happened. Just give us a play by play of your very fast and unique birth. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So do you want me to start with, like, when my water broke?
0: Yeah, you can start right at the first sign of anything.
1: Okay. So it was just literally a casual Sunday. Um, Dee and I were actually celebrating our nephew's birthday. And he had started a job recently, a new job that like, September. And um, so we got done with the birthday party. And he was like, can we meet my coworkers for a drink? And he's like, I know, obviously, you can't drink. But they keep asking, like, they want to meet you. I'm like, oh yeah, sure, of course. So we were gonna try out the new kingpin. So we were gonna go bowling. Um, and so on the way there, we were driving, and all of a sudden, like I don't know, like all of a sudden, it just like a lot of liquid obviously came out. And I'm like, D, something's wrong. And he's like, Well, what do you mean? I'm like, I just don't feel right. Like, I think my water might have just broke. And he's like, You're kidding, it did not. Like, you're over exaggerating. I'm like, Okay, you know, so I'm like, can we just stop at a gas station, please? Cause like I need to figure this out. So we stopped at a gas station, and I was like, yeah, Dee, something's not right. Like I'm not gonna go out to with your coworkers now that my like, like I'm feeling like this, you know? And right. he's like, just we can just go for one. I'm like, Dee, no, something's wrong. So he's like, we'll just call Eunja. So call the And they're like, well, if you're still leaking in like 45 minutes, just give us a call back and we'll probably have you be seen. Mm -hmm. They're like, just go home, lay down, sleep it off. I'm like, okay, but I live like 30 minutes up North and we're already on the South side. Like
0: at this point, I'm like, kind
1: of anxious. Like, oh my God, what's happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, can I just come in? And they're like, yeah, of course. You know? So we go into, well, D drops me off at the doors and he's like, I'm going to go park you know, wait here. Well, as soon as I got out of the car, another huge gush came and I'm like, oh yeah, this is definitely my water. Like, right. I could barely, right. you know, like walk, like it was just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get up there, they check me in and they kind of tell me what's going to happen that they have to, you know, check to see if it is my water. And so we went through all of that. And we got told like, if it is your water, you'll be here for the next six weeks. Like, and
0: let, let's pause. Cause you were what? 28 weeks. Yep. 28 okay. weeks and a day. Okay. To be. So I wasn't, I can't remember if it was 26 or 28. I'm like, it's an even number. I know yeah. that. <laughs>
1: yeah, 28 <laughs> weeks. So we're sitting in this room, you know, the nurse comes in and she swabs me and she's like, well, I'll be right back. We're going to go test it. So it comes back and she's like, I'm so sorry, but you're stuck here. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like six weeks. We literally got told that we were going to be in that hospital for six weeks. I'm like, yeah. okay. So me jumping the gun a little bit. I mean, when you get told that you're going to be there for six weeks, you don't expect to have a baby the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like texted my boss and I was like, Hey, you know, just letting you know, I'm going to be working from the hospital for these next six weeks, whatever. Kind of just like told all of our family right then and there because I didn't want them to be questioning anything. So mm-hmm. after that came that test came back, you know, positive that it was my water. We went up and got into our labor and delivery room. You know, you get put in here, and they're like, "Well, this is gonna be your room for the next few weeks." Um, I'm like, okay, <laughs> so I'm <laughs> stuck here. And so, um, I was given a, um, a few medications. So I was given a steroid to help with Chiron's development of his lungs.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I was able to
1: get two doses of that. I had to be given antibiotics just in case of an infection. And if that was the reason why, you know, I, my water broke. So I was given that. And I also was given a, um, a medication to slow down my contractions. They mm-hmm. were trying to keep that baby in as long as possible. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of um, every other, you know, every other hour there was a nurse in checking on my IVs, putting some more medications through. Um, so this was all probably around like we got admitted around like eight. So I got up into the room by like eight thirty nine. Mm-hmm. And was given all the medications and whatnot. Um, Nothing really happened overnight. I actually sent my husband home because he was um, driving me nuts. So (laughs) I was like, go home, hang out with the dog, let her out. Because he was just like pacing the room back and forth. Like he was in a lot, like he was a lot more anxious than what I was. I kind of was just very calm, collected, like wasn't expecting this to happen. But I was just very like taking it as we went. Um, I was more stressed
0: out that I didn't have my, Oh, your mom, didn't this happen to your mom too? Yep. Um, she delivered my brother at 30 weeks. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like there's some kind of like family history of it, but not, I mean, it's not like scientifically proven that that's why, right?
1: No. I mean, they say it could be, but I mean, I don't think they really ever know. I mean, right. my mother was 30 weeks, and I came at 36. Yeah. And so, I mean, she – I don't know. Back in the day, she they told her that she probably shouldn't have any more kids just yeah. due to the fact that she had two um, premature babies. So mm-hmm. that's kind of ultimately why she didn't have any babies. But, um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> is, like – through jeans or not, but it is kind of crazy that it all happened. And my mom's
0: pregnancies were the exact as mine.
1: Like she right. felt great.
0: I think it's kind of like nice too that you can talk like when this was all happening, like she could relate to you in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And I you could agree. on her and she she understood how you felt where I mean most of your other friends, myself included, none of us have gone through what you went through. So it was just really nice that your mom kind of could be on your corner for that phase of life. But
1: anyway, yeah, honestly, the NICU nurses are, they were amazing. Like I, oh. it was, yeah, it was a huge relief, but, um, and I guess I'll talk a little bit more when we actually get to the NICU, but. about Yeah. So go um, back that part, to the
0: annoying the crap out of you.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I sent him home cause he was absolutely driving me crazy and just pacing back and forth. Um, so we, uh, over the night, I was just trying to get some sleep cause, um, I don't know, it was, it was kind of hard to get sleep because they were in my room every other hour doing yeah. blood draws and IVs. And, um, so I just kind of sat in bed and to be honest, cried after I sent my husband home because then I got super emotional. <laughs> and yeah. I called him, I'm like, you need to come back. What if I deliver this baby tonight? And he's like, you sent me home. I'm like, yeah, you're right, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, The morning rolled around and um, nurses kept coming in and they're like, are you in any pain? And I said, no, um, I, I was having contractions, but it was nothing too serious. And like, to be honest, I didn't really feel them a lot of them, they're like, they, uh, they could see it on their end. So they always came running in. they're like, are you sure you're not in any pain? I'm like, no, I really can't even feel it. And they're like, okay, well, we'll just keep, you know, letting you lay here. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, whatever. So, um, the day kind of just went on and we just, it goes by very fast to be honest. Like the time flew by within that 24 hours that we were there. But, um, it was probably like one, one thirty. Um, my contractions got like, they were painful, but it was not nothing like, I'm like Oh, I'm going to have this baby right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had to go to the bathroom and I always had to call in a nurse because I was hooked up to the IVs and I'm like, Nope, I can wait it out because I felt like such a bother to them. Cause it was like every 30 minutes I had to buzz them cause I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so I'm like, nope. I'm just gonna let like I'm just gonna just lay here it'll be fine and then like just an urge on me I'm like oh my god I'm gonna literally pee so um I told D that he had to call the nurse in the nurse came in she got me unhooked I went to the bathroom and like I had to drag my little cart with me because I was hooked up to all the IVs and um and so obviously I went to the bathroom I tried to stand up and I could not I'm like D well, I guess back up. The nurse kind of helped me to the bathroom and then she's like, "Oh, I see that you haven't had any pain meds. I'm going to go get you some." I'm like, "Okay, that's fine, you know." She's like, "I just feel like you are going to start being in a little bit of pain." So she left the room, so it was just D and I now. Went to the bathroom and then after I got done, I'm like, "Uh, started to freak out cuz I'm like, "D, the baby, it's here." And he's like, "What? What do you mean it's here?" I'm like, "I'm going to have this baby." And he's like, I'm like, "You need to go call the nurse." So he ran back out of the room to like, he didn't call the nurse line, like she had just left the room. So he ran out down the hall to get her. So then he ran back, the nurse ran back and um, they helped, like they walked me to the bed and um, they're like, do you feel a lot of pressure? And I was like, yeah, like I can feel him coming out. Mm. and so they're like it's fine just lay back relax you know they're telling me to do all these breathing exercises and just to like not push or anything um and we had one main nurse right away in the room and she must have been like the head nurse on the floor because she had her little um, walkie-talkie or whatever her headphones and she like laid me down on the bed and she checked me right away so as soon as she checked me, she's like on the inner, on the little speaker, baby in 10 minutes. And mm-hmm. so then like my contractions just kept obviously happening. And then she's like, okay, baby in five minutes, baby. You <laughs> want me. You know, like, she kept just talking on her intercom because she was only nurse in the room. And so she was just trying to get everybody like, you know, the, deli- like the labor and delivery nurses in the room. And then Nikki, you obviously were notified right away too so they all came flooding in the room so the room filled very quickly with everybody and so um as soon as there was more than just one nurse in the room they kind of all came around the bed and I had a contraction and Kyron came literally flying out oh my um, God. <laughs> like legit flying out like they told me not to push or anything and like I didn't so, um, like, think like and the doctor didn't make it in the room. That's how quick it went from. I mean, I think like one thirty, and the nurse came in to, for me to go to the bathroom, and um, within that time frame, I, I don't know. It's the times all kind of go together, but yeah, it, it yeah, it's like, so
0: much, so much adrenaline and uh <laughs> shock, probably. Yeah. So did well, like, like, like when this was all happening were they thinking that you were going to have this baby today? Cause it kind of feels like they were like, it's fine. You're not going to have him today. And then all of a sudden it was just like, boom, Kyron's here. Like, were they under the assumption that he was going to stay in for more than a day?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. Um, when I, when I was admitted right away, like I was having like small contractions. So I feel like they knew,
0: but like, they don't want to tell you
1: that like, you know, the mom, cause they don't want to like, get you worked up. And I mean, ultimately the goal was to keep me in Mm -hmm. or try and keep Kyron in. Um, so no, I don't think that, I mean, I think they knew that come the morning. So I was admitted Saturday night. So Sunday morning when I was having a lot more contractions closer together, they always kept coming in the room. And like, to me that was like an indicator. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have this baby today. Because why would they keep coming in here and like asking if I'm in pain or like, and like one time I was like, is everything okay? And they're like, oh yeah, you're just contracting, you know, and not, they didn't never checked me to see like how far I was or where the baby was at that point. Cause they're like, well, she can't feel the contractions. And if she's not in a lot of pain, you know, obviously not ready to deliver the baby.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So crazy
1: um yeah. <laughs> so after
0: you had him kind of tell us what they did like right away
1: so um as soon as Kyron came out he came out crying which was obviously a great sign um at 28 weeks they tell you that that doesn't happen very often um so as soon as he came out um the cord was cut Um, not by d'angelo at all kind of had to happen so fast that so cord was cut and then um the NICU team took him right away. He was placed in a, it's kind of like a little plastic bag for heat. Um, mm-hmm. They tried to get, you know, as warm as they could. And then um, he was brought downstairs right away. Um, we didn't do skin to skin. I didn't get to of him. To be honest, I barely even got to see a picture. Like they, They're like, yeah, take a picture really quick. And it was just like, there was so much things going on in our room at the time, D was like very flustered and was like, okay, okay. So like he took the picture really quick. He came and showed me, you know, but, um, <laughs> like I was like, at first I'm like, oh my God, that baby is ugly. Like, <laughs> which is so sad to say, but like he was wrapped in a plastic bag for heat. Like his face was a very, very swollen just due to, um, he was in my, like you could just tell he was sitting there for a long period of time waiting mm-hmm. to make sense, I guess. So his face was just like super swollen and like his eyes were really puffy. And so I'm like, Oh my god. Like, you know, and everything's just going on. So they take him downstairs. D got to go downstairs with them and watch him get hooked up to um everything he needed. So, um, IV lines, pick lines, whatever it was. Um and so in a matter of literally 10 minutes, the room was empty. It was just me and my nurse. I'm like, well, that's
0: really sad. Oh, um, I know, it make, was crazy. How did that make you feel? Like, what did you do right afterwards?
1: Um, What I did right away, I wanted to get in the shower and just kind of, like, take a step back and just kind of think of everything that happened. Like, everything happened so, so fast. And, like, the fact that I didn't get to have – um skin to skin with him right away I was like oh my god that's you know not a lot of women have that experience or like have that happen to them like they always get to experience the skin to skin and whatnot right after birth and so I could not wait to get downstairs to see him Mm -hmm. but I got told I had to do like stay upstairs for two hours to do my recovery um i like, well, if I have to be recovering up here for two hours, I'm getting in the shower and I'm going to get ready. So when I do get to go downstairs to see him, like I'm ready. Right. Um, so that was like really sad. Like, I don't know. It was really sad for me, but I also was like thankful that the delivery went as well as, as it did. Um, and they did tell us, you know, they prep you for, you know, if you do have this baby early, you'll spend some time in the NICU. Your birthing you know what you thought your birth was going to be is not right now is probably not going to be what's going to happen um so you know they kind of coach you through all that um but I just kind of remember during or like after a delivery they're like mom he's crying that's such a great sign you know and so like to me that was kind of reassuring like they were very positive in the room and um so that really helped um And he
0: was like three pounds, wasn't he? Yep, three pounds, like 0.3 ounces. Yeah, which I think is nuts for 28 weeks.
1: Yeah, he was big on for 28 weeks.
0: Yeah, and you were measuring big during your pregnancy, weren't you? Yeah. Which was like such a, a good thing that he was measuring so big because I think it really helped him. When he came out, cause you know, like I know some full-term babies that are five pounds. (laughs) So that's just to me that he was already three pounds, but, um, kind of, so you had him, you cleaned up, what did you kind of do after you could go, um, see him and what was your journey like for the next, what, 69 days? Was it?
1: Yeah, it was long. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, Once I sat up there for two hours, um, I obviously got ready and we obviously got transferred because, um, at Essentia, the birthing, um, floor is on six, the NICU is on four. Mm -hmm. So we got brought down to a room, um, on the postpartum floor right next to the NICU. So I had to bring all of our stuff down there. Um, which I mean, what is it? It was what it was, I guess, but, um, we got brought into his room. So D at this point D was with me. He, you know, got him, seen him hooked up whenever came back upstairs and then helped me haul everything downstairs. And then we got to go into the room together.
0: Mm-hmm. Before
1: we got into the room, they obviously go through like all of the, um, you know, washing your hands for 30 seconds, no cell phones, no jewelry, you know, at this point we were still through COVID. So we had masks. We had to wear masks um, while we were in the room or while we were in the hospital. Um, so right away they're like, well, mom, do you want to hold him? I'm like, I, to be honest, I did not think that we were going to be able to hold him um, just due to all of everything that he was hooked up to. And so I'm like, well, of course I want to hold on to him. So um, we got to do skin to skin then, which was awesome. Um We, it was at at that point, um, he couldn't, so he was in like in a little um, incubator, which controlled his temperature. Mm -hmm. And so every time we got to bring him out, um, it was only for, you know, like 10, 15 minutes just due to him being out of his little, you know, house and not being Uh able to control his temperature. So we only got to do, you know, like 10, 15 minutes at a time until he got bigger. So right away, you know, D got, D held him first, um, did skin to skin with him. And then he held him for like two minutes. So I could enjoy, you know, the next part of our 15 minutes, um, Mm -hmm. doing skin to skin. So that was, I mean, and then they, the nurses like leave the room and kind of let you have that time. So, um, as much as like, obviously I didn't do skin to skin with him right after delivery, like that skin to skin was very much needed and I didn't expect to be getting that. So that was really nice. Um, and so I guess for the next, it ultimately ended up being 10 weeks. Um, the days were very long. We, yeah. we <laughs> I went there every single day. Um, I kind of worked from the hospital. Um, and I guess the first couple weeks, there wasn't much to do. Um, mm-hmm. Kyron didn't really get to eat. Um, the first couple days, they just kind of get, um like vitamins and probiotics in him through a tube so they started pumping or they were like you need to start pumping so um Sunday night I like started pumping obviously got little to nothing Mm -hmm. but they were like you need to keep doing it every three hours whatever so um that's what I did and you know my milk supply had come in very quickly and I was able to Um, produce enough for when Kyron did start tube feeding that he was able to get um, my breast milk, which was obviously a huge plus. Yeah. Um, So he started out feeds with like milliliters, like one milliliter, and then, you know, would progress as like if he was gaining weight, then they would go up by probably like two milliliters. So throughout the weeks, you know, he just kept gradually increasing. And, um, yeah, I guess I don't know what to all talk about through those weeks, just beginning weeks, just because it was, I mean, a lot to take in, we got to do, um, like cares with him. So which entailed, um, changing his diaper, um, taking his temperature, but that was like all on within his house. Um, we did kind of,
0: I'll show some photos, um, of you guys doing that when I post this too, because I took some for you guys, for anybody listening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of um, our way of being able to interact with um, Kyron. And, you know, they tell you to talk to him, to have him get to know your voice. Like he already obviously knows it, but to keep um, talking to him. And, you know, we got to read him books while he was out of his house and, um, Yeah. So I guess, yeah, it was just kind of all looking back, like it took so long. Like we were in there for so long looking back now. I'm like, that was such a little part of our story,
0: which that's kind of how
1: I stay positive about it. But, um, yeah, he ended up getting an infection, um, two weeks prior to discharge. They don't really know how he ended up getting it. Um, but it was kind of like strep. So we were told that he could come up, like come home. So we got told he like on a Wednesday that he could come home on Saturday. Well, he ended up getting an infection. Mm. So he had to do his full like 10 days of antibiotics, which obviously put us in for another two weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So honestly, like that was probably the hardest two weeks of our whole entire stay. Um, D and I, were very um, calm. I want to say we took every day with grace that we knew Kyra needed to be there. Um, Mm -hmm. We didn't have any other option of him obviously coming home with us because we knew he needed to be there. He needed to grow. Um, And the NICU was the safest place for him at that point.
0: Yeah. So so what um, what, um, criteria do they have there that is like, They have to check off the box before he can go home.
1: So every baby in the NICU is different. Everybody has a different story. Um, But for Kyron, they have to obviously be gaining weight. um, In order to even be able to take them home, he has to be four pounds because obviously that's what most car seats um, can handle. And he would had to pass like a car seat test. Mm -hmm. So that's a test that he had to do. um, Feeds which was ultimately the hardest part. He had to be taking bottles um, pretty much like it was like a certain percentage. So I think it was like 80% of bottles, um, full bottles of whatever that doctor had. So the doctor was the one that had said how much milliliters he could have for feeds. So at that given point, he would have had to have like a full 24 hours of full feeds. Bottles, which that was a really hard journey, too, I guess, because um, babies ultimately don't start um, figuring out how to suck, swallow, and breathe until like 35 weeks. Right. So we kind of had to like train or like teach Kyron, I guess, how to eat. So they start, and by doing that, they had to start with like a pacifier and they would put a little drop of milk on the pacifier and have him like suck the pacifier. Until, Mm -hmm. I guess, he was strong enough in order to take a bottle. So, Mm -hmm. when he was able to start taking a bottle, he tried, like, literally, like, one milliliter. Mm -hmm. Well, he, like, on Kyron's first bottle, he choked because he didn't know what to do. He, Mm -hmm. um, so that was a really hard, that was the hardest part of the NICU. But the infection and then bottle feeding, just because it took so long. So, bottle feeds and then, um... He had to pass a hearing test. Um, but what else? I feel like that was like the only thing. Um, and they don't do the CARSI test until um, the baby. So he was obviously, he had a um, feeding tube. And so they don't do the CARSI test until that feeding tube is taken out. Um, I don't know, I guess, what the reasoning is for that, but. So he had to be strictly just on bottles. So it usually happens like the one or two days before discharge Mm
0: -hmm. is
1: the Carsey test happened. But um, yeah, I guess I believe those are the only tests that he had to do in order to pass. But bottle feeding was like the main, um, main majority of
0: what he needed to do to go home. Right. Otherwise, he did so good. Like, it's honestly such a miracle how well he did physically. I feel like every week you're posting updates and I'm like, Oh my God, he's doing so good.
1: Yeah. And that was another thing that kind of kept D and I, um, if you want to say sane (laughs) and (laughs) just because like we were seeing very positive um, strides with Kyron and every week there was new things that had happened. And I mean, he was just progressing very well. He was gaining weight like they wanted. And I guess I kind of should go back on that um, about feeds. Um, He was having, obviously, my breast milk, but in order to get extra calories um, in the NICU, they fortify feeds with um, formula. So he was getting breast milk and then half um, formula just to get those extra calories. And they kind of say they want to fatten up the babies because a lot of them obviously come very small. So um, he was gaining weight very quickly. And so he got taken off of formula. I mean, I think it was like every other bottle or something like that. So, um, that was a good sign. Those formula in the NICU, when you're on both like breast milk and they, it was Neosure, they mm-hmm. like plug up the babies. <laughs> so mm-hmm. then you have to worry about obviously constipation and everything like right. that. So, like one issue after the next with Chiron because
0: that was a big struggle. But
1: um, so let's
0: kind of. Us- Um, let's jump into maybe talking more about you, if you're okay with that and, um, talking a little bit maybe about your breastfeeding or pumping journey and maybe some of your postpartum, if you feel open to it, if you had any like depression, anxiety, or just anything that you want to share, um, to bring awareness to anybody that is listening.
1: Yeah. So breastfeeding, um. That, it was kind of hit and miss in the NICU. They start, Kyron had to start with bottle feeding. Um, as soon as he kind of took bottles, then you could transition into breastfeeding. So right away, he latched um, a few times, but it was so hard to breastfeed in the NICU because they had to measure all the ounces or milliliters that he took. And obviously with breastfeeding, that's very hard to do. Yeah. Um, so we did not do breastfeeding very often. Um I could have um, had lactation come in and do that. But I feel that the one thing that we needed Kyron to do was take a bottle. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to stay into the NICU longer for breastfeeding. I'm like, honestly, if it happens at home, it happens. Um, I just want to be able to get home and enjoy, you know, the time with our baby. So I didn't do much breastfeeding in the NICU once we got home. Um, I tried here and there, but it was just nothing that he ever, he never latched and he got super frustrated very fast. And so I'm like, why even push it? We're happy. Like he needs, he needs to eat. So, um, I am still to this day pumping, (laughs) um, and I, I guess was able to give one of my very close friends, some of that milk. So that was kind of exciting and, um, I'll probably continue pumping up until a year, yeah um, as much as I'm sick of it it's kind of part <laughs> of my routine and um, I guess I just do it to do it I've been doing it you know ever since we were admitted into the NICU so like I said it's just a routine mm-hmm. um, so that was kind of our breastfeeding journey I mean I wanted to breastfeed I had all intentions but um, this I guess I'm happy with the way it was I didn't like to see him frustrated and then this time like D was able to feed and D um, was a very hands-on dad. So that was really yeah. nice to have him be able to feed Karen too. Um, yeah. And
0: I think that it's important to note if anybody's listening that pumping is breastfeeding, just so you know, Lakin, it is. Yeah. <laughs> you still did it. You're still freaking doing it. And it's honestly so hard. If anybody like has done exclusively pumping I just give so many props to them because it is it's so hard. Like you pump, you clean, you feed, you do all of the things, but it entails so much more time, I feel like, than um, just sticking them on. So go you. You breast. Yeah, bud. I honestly felt like on my maternity
1: leave, all I did was feed Kyron and then clean my bottle or like clean the bottles, clean the pumps. Feed Kyron, clean the bottles, clean the pumps. I'm like, oh my gosh. But um yeah, I obviously don't pump as much as I did, but in the NICU, that was one thing that I um I was like, I'm doing this for my baby. He needs it. So I was up pumping around the clock. Um, you know, whether it was twelve AM, three AM, five AM, like, um, that's what I could have been doing for Kyron. So that's kind of why I was doing it. And I'm like, Well, if he was home, I'd be feeding him. So right. um I do not wake up in the middle of the night anymore to pump. that is long gone, but I mean, I do pump throughout the day and that is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, talking about postpartum. So, um, I, while we were in the NICU, there was so much going on that I like, I'm like, Oh, I'm great. Like I didn't have any depression. I mean, I feel like, yes, I had anxiety, but I was just so much more focused on the health of Kyron and, um, just like trying to stay positive for that so I really didn't have a lot of time to I guess think of what could have been or what should have been or like how I wanted things like we were just kind of focusing day by day um once we got home I um I don't know I guess I was just cherishing the moments that we didn't obviously previously get so the sleepless Mm -hmm. nights like um I loved them. I'm like, I didn't get this for three months and I'm going to cherish all of them. So um, I didn't really go through postpartum depression um, up until I guess like it hit me when Chiron went back to daycare or like started daycare. So um, had him at the end of January. We got out of the NICU in April and I was home with him until June. Mm-hmm. So he started daycare at the beginning of June and I went back to work and I feel like everything just hit me then. Mm-hmm. Um, I, not so much depression, but anxiety, a hundred percent. Like I was very anxious on how they were feeding him at daycare, mm-hmm. like how he was napping at daycare. Um, and I just could not focus, to be honest. Like I at work, I'm like, I need to be with my baby. And then when I, when I was at home with Kyra, and I was like, I need to be focusing on work. Like, mm-hmm. it was just like a whole mixture of things. And um, I ended up obviously having to go on anxiety medication, which has ultimately helped um, me. It's helped my family. It's obviously helped um, just like D and everybody. Like, it's just a better situation for me. Um, it is calmed me down in the sense that I don't worry so much um about how Kyron's eating or what like I obviously trust daycare very much they've obviously had him since June but right when he started I'm like nope I do not like this like I need to be home with him like I just spent every single day with him since January and now I'm letting somebody else take him (laughs) typical
0: mom feeling yeah Like, like it was a lot of guilt it is, but it's also, like, I mean, so valid because you, for however many months, like, your whole focus was feed, 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 feed. Like, this kid needs to eat. He needs to eat. He needs to get bigger. He needs to get bigger. And there's a lot of, like, trauma, I feel like, surrounding feeding when it's, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's not just, like, a, like a normal you know, 40 week baby that just feeds and grows and feeds like you're, it was like, if I don't feed this kid, he's not going to come home with me. And I, there's probably just a lot of like residual trauma from that too, that came about when you were more, you know, in your thoughts of not having him with you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I guess like speaking on that too, like obviously there was, um, a time in the NICU that I was feeding him a bottle and he decided to stop breathing. Um, So like that, I mean, I mean, to this day, that was obviously that was more traumatizing to me than an early birth. Like that they like the whole NICU team came rushing in, you know, and had to give him oxygen to get him to breathe again. And within obviously seconds, he yes, he was breathing again. But to me, like feeds were such an an important part. And obviously that's the way he's going to gain weight. And so a lot of my anxiety came like, oh my God, he, and I feel like it was because of the NICU, but they obviously pushed that he needed to be drinking, you know, X amount, um, um, X amount of like ounces or whatnot. So like when we came home, I'm like, well, he needs to have three ounces. Like he needs to have four ounces. Well, when he wasn't taking that, you're like, well, he needs to. So, yeah, feeds were definitely a stressor.
0: <laughs> Was there anything else postpartum to kind of note past this that you would like to talk about?
1: Um, I guess I would just
0: say like use your resources.
1: Um, obviously those resources out there for a reason. Um, and. For the life of me, I'm like, nope, I do not need medication. Like, it's just going to pass. You know, this is just going to pass. It's just um, a little part of me, you know, going to get over it. Well, ultimately, I didn't get over it. And, um, you know, so I fought with myself quite a, like, quite a while. I'm like, no, I do not need it. Like, it is what it is. But um, ultimately, ended up on it. And that was, it's been the best for me at this point in time. So I, you know, use your resources and um, counseling obviously is a huge thing that um, we were offered that in the NICU. Mm-hmm. So has been, you know, you can just sit and obviously talk to people. So that was great. Um, and then Dear NICU Mama, that was another huge resource for um, NICU moms. Um, yeah, another yeah. mom and I, while we were in the NICU, we actually got to go and speak with Ashley yeah. Um, one afternoon so that was really cool to just sit and actually like hear Ashley's story too on you know how she started Dear Nikki Mama and kind of her story so um. yeah.
0: yeah I will link Ashley's stuff um in the I don't know description of this she is one of my really good friends um uh, and she and her friend Martha started Dear NICU Mama, I'm a nonprofit for anybody who is in the NICU and needs like a support system, um, information, a sisterhood, just people to lean on. They are there for anybody. So if anybody is listening and wants to reach out to them, do not hesitate because they're the sweetest and best humans in the entire world.
1: <laughs> yeah. They were a huge resource, and they have a Facebook page too that has obviously all um, Nikki moms or previous Nikki moms or whatnot. And so many people tell their story. Um, so it's just, I guess, a place to go that if you don't feel safe, or I guess you don't want to talk to anybody else but Nikki moms, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, not saying that my story, obviously, every woman's story is different. And I never want anybody to be like, feel sorry for me that it happened. But some moms are very traumatized and they need the support from other NICU moms, moms that have gone through it um, because birth is important. Like, that's probably why you're doing these podcasts. Like, um, every woman's journeys are so different. And like, carrying babies is hard, you know? So
0: Yeah, that was was kind of my my question, I guess, that I asked um, early on. And then I was like, let's bring this back and it kind of ties into like postpartum, what we were talking about. Um, I know like one time we were talking about birth, just in conversation and like you, you kind of had mentioned something about how you, you kind of grieved your last trimester of not getting to experience that. Um, so what, what, what did that feel like for you? Like kind of when you talk to other people about their pregnancies too, um, if you're okay with talking about it, how does that kind of, how do you feel about that now reflecting back on it?
1: Yeah. Well, so I feel like a lot of time has passed since then. So it's kind of hard to look back, but um, <laughs> um, it was really hard for me, I guess. Cause a lot of my friends obviously had just had babies too. And so seeing them like carry their babies full term, um, it was really hard for me. It, it made me feel a lot of guilt in the sense that like my body, you know, obviously failed me like why didn't my body um why wasn't my body able to carry my baby for 40 weeks and theirs were Mm -hmm. um I didn't get to do a lot of the um you know I was taking my um belly pictures so you say up until 27 weeks um I never got obviously to take continue taking those pictures and so um I don't know like it's, it was really hard. Um, I guess that's all I like have to say. It was just really hard seeing that. Um, but on the flip side, I also um, took it, like I said, took it with grace that Kyron was healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing watching a baby that should have been inside of you for, you know, three more months um, be a little miracle. And so we got to watch him on the outside, Um, Mm -hmm. we got to watch him grow. We got to see what he would have been doing, Mm -hmm. you know, on the outside, but actually like tech like technically in the inside. So, um, as much as it was like really hard and how much I like struggled with the fact that, um, my body failed me, I had to be thankful that he was still here and that my delivery went great and, um, that the NICU went as great as it did. He was healthy, um, So I look at it both ways. Um, I know some moms struggle with the fact that um, their baby was in the NICU. Um, Looking back, like I had previously said, looking back, I feel like the NICU was such a, while we were there, it was so long. Looking back now, I feel like it was such a short period of time that we have just cherished the days and the time with Kyron. And it's been amazing watching him you know, development wise, um, be on track. Um, that was something that we were obviously worried about. So Mm -hmm. watching him, you know, hit his milestones and, um, continue growing. That is just something like, it's just amazing to me. It is truly amazing to me. And so I always take the NICU as a positive experience. Um, I know some moms don't, but that is just my story. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel like that has helped me in the sense of, Also, like not hitting the depression mark or um, being down all the time. Because I mean, I created
0: a human being, and that is all that matters. (laughs) Yeah, what's so (laughs) cool? Like when I came in to see you guys, and this isn't something that I even really like thought about. But like how they have them in their little isolate, and they have them like all wrapped up really tight. And they were like, "Yeah, they can't like." like you're not supposed to let their arms or their legs flail because if they were like in womb, they wouldn't be able to do that because there would be like that that barrier, like your stomach. And that was like something that I always think about now. Every time I see a baby in the NICU, I'm like, yep, it has to be in there. So it has to pretend like it's in a womb. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. The stuff that we learned. Um, yeah, we were
1: there and Honestly, Dee and I will both say that while we were there, that 69 days was like a parent trial. Like mm-hmm. it was like, we got taught everything we needed to know in those 69 days. So <laughs> like we, now that we're out, everyone's like, you guys are just so calm. Like you, like nothing gets you worked up with him. And it's like, cause we have seen him at the worst, you know, like, right. um, yeah, every, I feel like a lot of people have told me, like, Lincoln, you're so relaxed. Like, you're so relaxed <laughs> as a mom. Like, I'm like, we have literally went through some of the worst. And I mean, there was a point in time that we could barely hold him. So mm-hmm. now it's like, <laughs> there's, I don't know. Like, it's so hard to explain just because yeah. so many, <laughs> like, <laughs> while you're in it, you're like, oh my God. But like, looking back, you're like, whatever happened? Like, right we there nine days
0: <laughs> your whole but, your whole brain probably just is like just sugarcoating the whole thing <laughs> yeah um, pretty
1: much. and as I said like I'm so thankful that you were able to even come up and take pictures because I'm like it's so hard looking back like that's he was that small and like that's what we went through every day and so that was truly so really amazing
0: so tiny <laughs> so hairy
1: <laughs> yeah which is so weird like not a lot I didn't know babies came out like or like they out here and they just
0: lose it (laughs) so we'll kind of end at um if you have even any information about this but if you guys ever do plan to have more children if you do plan do they have any like protocol or anything for you to do in the future um to hopefully minimize the risk of it happening again
1: Yeah, um, so um, they say the longer you wait um, in between pregnancies is better, Mm -hmm. um, which I kind of struggle with. Like, I want to have my kids early and be done, but um, in the sake of it's going to prevent us having another early pregnancy, like, I guess I'll wait. Um, Mm -hmm. The time frame, they don't really say, but they just said, like, probably not, you know, maybe wait a year, maybe two years um, before we have the next baby, um, and they also indicated that I will be—I mean, now I'm flagged as high risk. So mm-hmm. as soon as I find out that um, I'm pregnant again, I will go in. I will have to meet with. Um, oh gosh, I don't really know what it's called. Like, I mean, I'll meet obviously with my um, like regular doctor, but like I will have to go in get.
0: Um, Is it like, like inside? Like internal fetal medicine, is that what it's called?
1: Yeah, something like that, that um, I'll have to go with them and they kind of will tell me what my plan of action is throughout the whole um, pregnancy. Um, They've mentioned probably having to um, give me some like progesterone shots um, to see if that would help Um, getting my cervix measured again and that like if that was the case, then they would, I would again, have to go through that procedure where I would have to get it stitched if it was ever shortening. Mm-hmm. So they, there isn't really like a plan of action yet just due to the fact that um, obviously I'm not pregnant. So they can't be like, well, you know, how is this baby progressing compared to what that baby is progressing? Um, so it's just kind of like, as soon as I find out, I have to be seen right away. And I guess then that will be, um, you know, see what happens throughout the pregnancy. I think it's going to be a lot more appointments.
0: Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> a lot more ultrasounds. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I that I'm nervous <laughs> to get pregnant again is yeah. um, an understatement. But also, and it's like obviously probably terrible of me to say because I do not want to end up in the NICU, but the NICU is all we know. Right. Um, So if I do carry a baby full term, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, what do I do? Like, I have to take this baby home now. (laughs) Um, So I guess I'm what I'm trying to say is like, thankful the Nikki was our first baby. Um, You know, if it had to happen, I'm glad it happened with our first. So now we know if it happens again for the second,
0: we know what to expect. You've been through the worst already and you could do it again. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so besides to, but. <laughs> Besides your Nicky Mama, is there any other resources you would like to share with anybody before we wrap up?
1: I don't believe so. I mean, I'm well, I mean, in terms of just like pregnancy wise, like Carrie Locker is awesome. Um, I didn't do a lot of her stuff, but um, she was great for you know pregnancy. I mean, I feel like she kind of touches a little bit on the NICU, but um, yeah. I mean, in NICU, I would just say dear NICU mama because they were awesome. But,
0: yeah. Love Ashley. Well, yeah, right. thank you, Laken, for being on and sharing your story. It was <laughs> so fun to talk to you. <laughs> um, I will see everybody else in the next one. Unless you have anything else to say at the end, we should be good. You good? I'm good. Thanks for having me.